podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka Gigpod. It's episode 102, which just so happens to be the greatest section at Celtic Park where legends are born. Legends such as myself, Stevie. Rizzo, what section were you brought up at Paradise? Hi everybody. Uh, 114, that was, a f- that was a section of my season ticket for years, but it wasn't where I was sitting uh, in Saturday against Ross County. I was in the I was in the post sheets. I was in a padded seat, would you believe? But I still remained a man of the people, a working class hero. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to your glorious day at Celtic Park soon, okay? Anyway, look, there's good news and bad news, everyone. The bad news is you're hearing me. I was meant to take, like many people have said for years, a day off. But technology did a two-footed lunge on Spunk Phone and Bobby Madden didn't see it. So unfortunately, I'm standing in for the comedian. Anyway, the good news is John is here and he will do most of the talking. So, John, cheers for joining me at last. Unfortunately, you've had to do a couple of these. However, let's focus on Celtic 4, Ross County 0. Excellent performance by uh, the team. You were there. Talk us through your day at Celtic Park. Describe it from pre-game to during the game to post-game. Everybody will be dying to hear how your day was. I, nothing very exciting happened. I got a bus to the game. I went to the game. Then I went and bought... Uh, Mushroom burger for a, a sensational establishment in Byers Road, which I won't plug. It's like your choice of food is so different to everyone else's. People will go and get you know a sausage supper and eat it in the way out of Celtic Park, or they'll stop in and get like some real like junk food stodge. But you don't. You go and get this, this vegetarian nonsense. I eat too much junk food, but uh, no, I'm bubbing a vegetarian for years. But no, I went to the sensational burger cartel in Byers Road. There's a plug for the the great guys and girls there and had. A mushroom burger, and it was sensational. And then I went home and drank Camden Hale's beer until I fell asleep. That was my tr- hugely exciting day, seeing Celtic stay top of the league. Did you not also get like vegan food at Celtic Park and rave about it as well once? I get, in fact, it was the the Rafe game. I got a vegan sausage roll, the cup game last month, and it was sensational. But I didn't bother getting any food at the game because I thought I'll go for a a mushroom burger after the game. You had your birthday celebration this weekend, so happy birthday. And gig pause, dear leader Stevie, who celebrated his birthday the other day. Obviously, I won't say what AG was, but no, that's what I've done. And the, the, the game was nearly as good as a mushroom burger for my, my good pals at Burger Cartel and Byers Road. Right, okay, John. We've, I think we've heard enough about burgers and Byers Road for one episode, and thanks for not embarrassing me about the age awards. Yes, I celebrated my birthday. But you did get a Celtic-related present. Did you not? I did, yes, as usual. I kept more Celtic times I did this year. Not that I needed any more, John, but yes, I got the Ange Range top and a, sort of the Ange Range shorts as well. What a date it was to be me. <laughs> right, let's talk about the game now. Yes, let's talk about the game. Celtic 4, Ross County 0. John, this was a game, like, so I was on 67 Hail Hail. Everyone, you can check that out on YouTube. I was on with Hamish and John McGinley on Sunday night. I was saying beforehand that at this stage of the season, I'm just a bit of a 
don't want to say a nervous right now, right? Because I'm confident in the team and I trust the manager. And I think after Easter Road and after being so bummed out by that, I sort of reevaluated things and the team won me over again after Livingston. I think they were fired up for it. Um, and it seems like they took the Easter Road result personal. They took the criticism personal. And it seemed as if they wanted to prove a lot of people wrong, including myself. And I'm fine with that. I'm glad the team were really fired up for it and they were excellent and they've been great since then. And obviously now we're going into an international break where all that momentum's sort of stopped temporarily, of course. But getting into the game, I just felt because Ross County were the best of the rest. They were the form team along with ourselves. And at this stage of the season, I'm just wondering, is it going to be like another scrappy game? Are we just going to do enough to get over the line? And I mean, I think if it got to like nil-nil to like 60 minutes or something, and then you've got everybody in the stadium getting antsy and anxious, and quite rightly so, because as tense and as football fans, John, and being invested in the club, you're going to get like that. But no, I mean, it was the complete opposite. Celtic just went out, and it was a real statement win from them. They were brilliant from the first minute to the last, and that first half, they were exceptional. John, what did you think of the performance? I thought they were excellent. Uh, just like you, I was slightly concerned getting into the game, because as you say, they were the form team in the league, they were the only team that had won the last three games, we dropped points in that bonus game at Easter Road, been 3-0 up, like, would a game win at halftime was all you can ask for at this stage of the season, when we've got less than 10 games left and we're nearly at the split, no, I think it was a great performance, as you say, I think they did, as Neil Lennon once said, take that uh, result at Easter Road personal, I think it's personal as he memorably put it, and We've not looked back since. We that game at Livingston was much easier than we all thought it would be. We all thought it'd be a struggle, and that was one just after half time. Really, Tanadice, another game that could have been difficult because they're never easy to go. I mean, Rangers won the one there this season. We went up to Tanadice and won that relatively comfortably, and then we've done it again. And it's like the good thing is that it's lots of players contributing. It's not we're not just like relying on one player like we were with Hugo for much of the first half of the season. I mean, there's loads of players contributing. Jota, uh, Dyson, as I call him, Gigi. Loads of people are playing well at the right time and it bodes well for the rest of the season. I want to talk about Dyson Maeda now. Now, against Hibs, he was slaughtered. He was criticised for, you know, people were saying it was a lacklustre performance and he did nothing. And to be fair, when you've got a guy like him who's not an out-and-out number nine and he was played there that day and we were flinging in crosses left, right and centre to him, that's not his game. That's really not what he thrives off. Um, it's like he thrives off chaos, so to speak. He, he actually causes chaos, John. And his link-up play was phenomenal on Saturday. He was bringing a lot more players into the game. Him and Gigi seem as if they've got a wee bit of a relationship on the park, and that's now a couple of weeks in a row. They've been sort of assisting each other. And I also felt with Maeda, just in general, his energy was just unbelievable. We already know that, don't we? But it, it stands out a bit more. Like, see, when he was chasing against Hibs, when it was now now, it was like almost like, you know, the, t- the entire team didn't look like they were going to score that game, did they? He was still going. And it was really impressive to see. And I think in the last few weeks, ever since Livingston, Dyson Maeda has been excellent for us. I think Maeda, I've got it right, it has been excellent. I mean, I can't really judge the Hibs game because I only saw the last uh, 20 minutes, but he did have the one chance, didn't he? I think it was him where the ball came across and he had a shot and I think another circle got in the way and I think it would have been offside, but I think that's the only real chance I remember as having and it was him that had it. But no, I mean, 
it was a gamble to start him against Livingston because I think everybody thought that Gigi was going to start, but I answered the fee for him and he rewarded him with an excellent goal. And he's, you wouldn't, he's not really a poacher, but he's in the right place the way a poacher is. If you look at, I mean, the goal against Livingston, he was on the six, on the yard, like the goal line, basically headed in, and then. That goal he scored the other day when he got on the end of Gigi's header, that was a, a poacher's goal. A guy like Henry Larson or somebody like Lionel Messi even that scores plenty of goals. They've been proud to score that kind of goal. and that, that isn't what I expected from him, but he's doing well. And I know that he pulled out of the, the, the Japan squad this week. I think they said it was conditioning. I don't know if that's like code for him being knackered because he's played so many games. But I mean, I hope he's all right for Ibrox because he should definitely be on the team sheet. For Ibrox, I mean, of course, the last time we played Rangers, he only played like the last 25 minutes, half an hour, because he just came back for Japan. But no, he's turning into a, a very important player, I think. He's, I can't work out what kind of player he is, because as you see, he's got all that energy. He, like, he plays in the wing. He's, no, like, he's not, I would say, technically a main striker, but he scores goals like a poacher would score. And it's a good thing for a player to have when he's not technically a striker. I mean, he's just a good player. I think he's probably done better than what we all thought he would, I think. Maybe Hitachi sort of fell off form a wee bit, and Ida Gucci we've not really seen since he had his injury. So I think that DM, as I'm going to call him, has kept that form well. I know, as you said, he was put against Hibs, but nobody played well that day, and he's bounced back well. And he's got something about him that he's in the right place at the right time to score goals. And now that we seem to be using set pieces well, which we've all hoped for for ages, and finally making the use of set pieces, he's going to be vital at that, getting on to the flick-ons later against Livingston and later against Ross County, so he's he's a big player for us, I was impressed. And another big player for us in recent weeks has been Gigi. John, ever since that penalty miss, now I was saying this on 67, he'll hail with Hamish and John as well, he missed that penalty against Livingston, right? And a lot of people were thinking, oh, that's it, his confidence is away. It's all going to be downhill for him. And he had a lot of doubters. And I think as well with Kyogo being in such blistering form, it, you found it hard for Gigi to ever get a look in, really. But to his credit, he's worked really hard and he's taking his chance so well. That hat-trick against Dundee, of course, and then again on Saturday in the double at Tanadice. He's really in great form. And he is undroppable for us at the moment. And I just want to also say that since that Livingston penalty miss, a lot of people were maybe saying, you know, regarding his confidence, it's, it's going to be short and it's going to be downhill for him now because he didn't get a pre-season and, you know, the, the fans were already unconvinced at the time. But the way I saw it was, I think he clearly has the personality to basically go, right, that's the lowest it's going to get for me this season. I'm going to bounce back for this and I'm going to prove people wrong. And he really has because I still think our best striker is Kyogo, and when Kyogo and Gigi, all the strikers we've got are fully fit, Kyogo gets an odd for me every time, but without Gigi in the last few weeks, we would have been in Bora. Says a lot about just how huge he's been for us. Well, do you want to hear a semi-interesting statistic about Gigi? Always, John. Well, you know how we're on this 31 game unbeaten run domestically? Gigi's the top scorer with 12 goals. He's the guy that's got the most for us in that run. And that was at, that was that's including the uh, the Livingston game where he missed that penalty. So, and it's actually he got injured after that Livingston game as well. I think as well he was out for a while, so he didn't really get going until after the break. And I think people forget how good he was against Rangers uh, last month. Okay, he didn't score a goal, but he 
caused him so many problems and he really was unlucky not to score. He probably should have scored one a couple of times. McGregor made decent saves, but he caused so many problems and he just, I think that game gave him a lot of confidence as well, scoring goals and he's, he's finishing sort of a bit like DMs because like, he scores scrappy goals. He's two goals at Tardis, weren't they pretty? They were Ugly goals, I'd call them, but they're the one that strikers love. Although I have to say, those goals at the weekend I thought were excellent. Brilliant cross by Jota for the first one. And it was great instinct for the second goal. I mean, he got on the end, his first header after it had been blocked, I think. And he was there, he put the second one away and he got that penalty. And I think that was that was good uh, Juranovic to give him that penalty. And I was going to say, I'll be interested to see if we get a penalty at Ibrox, but <laughs> who are we kidding, right, guys? But you see how would take it. But no, I think that I know you say that Kyogo's the main striker for us, and I think he is probably still a better striker. But Gigi gives us a chance now, like to to play long balls if we want. I mean, I doubt we will start like just pumping balls up into the opposition box. That's just not what Ange likes to do. He much prefers that passing stuff. I mean, you could see it in Saturday way. People getting in a panic because the goalie. I mean, Joe Hart's passes to. CCV and Starfield were a bit risky at times. But, I mean, if need be, if there was a situation where we wanted to punt the ball long, then Gigi, I haven't buy a deal for that because he's so good in there. Even against Dungeon United, didn't he score a header, but he was winning balls in there constantly. And there at the weekend, like, when his two goals were headers and he set up the third goal with a header. And I really doubt we will start playing long balls unless we've got some situation where we desperately need a goal. But that's another aspect we can add to our game, thanks to him. And no, as I say, he's the top scorer on this run. Obviously, I think a big reason for that is Kyogo being out and scoring so many goals a season. But 12 goals in 31 games is a good return. And I think you could score plenty more goals between now and the end of the season. Even when Kyogo's back, we need to try and find a place for Gigi in the team because he's so important now. And I know we're not really going to talk about the derby that much because I think you and Spunk are going to do a preview pod next week, but no, he has to be one of the first names in the team sheet for the derby because he's turned into a massive player for us. Three goals from set pieces in four games and we scored three goals from crosses in the first half on Saturday. And when you think about it, John, a lot of Gigi's goals have came from crosses and that's the one thing we were doing when we weren't playing him, like we were punting crosses into the box but there was no one in the end of them. Gigi wasn't playing. We bring him into the team and now we've got somebody there, a target man, and he seems as if he thrives off them as well. He does, and it does help that Jota's crosses recently have been brilliant. I mean, I think he had a couple of games where he wasn't great. He wasn't great against Bodo Glunt. He wasn't good against Hibsu, what I saw either, but he really bounced back. I thought he was excellent at Livingston. Didn't play up at Tardis, but he really played well again against Ross County, apart from Gigi, I'd say he's probably our best player. That's ten, He's got 10 goals and 10 assists for the season. Gigi, no, Jota has. And that's a really good return, especially when you consider that he, he didn't arrive at Celtic until... Well, when he arrived at Celtic, the team was sort of in, a, in flux. They were in turmoil, but he's turned out to be a great player. His set pieces have just been excellent recently. I, they must have worked on it in training. When we had that like break between... Livingston and Dungeon United, but we had a week with, a free mid, with that free midweek. They must have worked on that in training non-stop, and they must be doing it all the time because the crosses have improved so much recently. And he, if any set piece for now on, it should be uh, Jota taking them because he's just turned a corner taking them. And it's as you said with Gigi, it's a threat. And like even somebody like Carl Carl Starfield or 
CCV. I mean, when we scored against Marin a few weeks ago, it was uh, Jota's corner, a corner of free kick, I can't remember, but the ball broke to CCV and he scored. And then up at Livingston, when we scored that opening goal, it was Starfield's header that was saved. And that must be a, a training ground thing where you try and win the first header and either the goalie saves it and it breaks to the striker or the striker's there at the back post to put it in. That must be a training thing, but it's it's really paying off. And if only we just had a decent free kick taker now. We've not one since Eddie left and that's something I think they should work on in training this week because our, our free kicks, like if we've got a free kick like for 30 yards out, I don't really expect much of it. So I think that's the next thing that Ange and the players will need to work on. We do, however, have a couple of decent penalty takers, at least, John, and GG completed his hat-trick with a penalty and rounded off the scoring in the second half and Celtic ran out 4-0 winners. John, I don't like coming on here talking about referees. You don't either, but we can't ignore, again, the utter inconsistency of Donald Robertson. Like, that one in the first half, in any other country, right away, without even VAR, <laughs> it's a penalty and and then like the, the tackle of Maeda by the boy Ramsey in my opinion he, he had to go for that but then the one in Rogic I will say I actually said again talking to Hamish and John on Sunday I thought it was actually a harsh red I really did and when I said that no one jumped down my throat in the comments of that so a lot of people clearly agreeing there <laughs> it really wasn't a red but my problem with it was Don Robertson encouraged it because when he let that tackle go or Maeda, uh, Ramsey's just went, all right, well, that's fair game. I'll uh, go and see if I can do something else. And then he didn't get away with it after that. But it's just yet again, John, the refs in this country, it seems to be every second game we get, there's always something to talk about with them. They're a nightmare. Well, I thought it was a red card because seeing it at the game, I don't know if it went to doom, as you say, but it wasn't a good challenge. And Roderick took off injured, so... I think that was proof that he got caught and it was a red card. So I think it was a red card. And on the podcast that we had to delete with Spunkphone because of the technical failure, he agreed with me. So you're outvoted in that one. But no, it was inconsistency as usual. I mean, that was a stonewall, stonewall handball in the first half. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking. And it's just a pity we end up talking about referees all the time. And you just know that there's going to be mere refereeing. Uh, incidents, inverted commas, that we're inevitably going to have to talk about after the derby, and I really hope we don't, but it just seems inevitable with how dodgy the rest have been all season, not just to us, but to every team, that there's going to be some weird decisions and just hope that we're not in the end of them, but no, that, it, it was inconsistent, I mean that that first challenge was a bad one but I think the second one was a bad one as well so, I'm afraid I'm going to have to defend Donald Robertson to an extent, because I think it was a red card, I think he got it right, no matter what people have been saying in former referee podcasts or former referees and that turned up in Sky Sports. So it was, uh, it was, it got that right. I can't believe I'm defending a referee, but Donald Robertson got that right. So good job, him. No, that's too far. John, before we talk about how you're feeling about this title race, there was another scooter song on Saturday. Did you join in? No, because I had my earphones in and I was listening to Radio Scotland because I had Wi Fi for once. So. Sadly not. What was the song? It was about Rio Hatate to the tune of The Weekend, which, of course, is going to be playing on this episode's intro and outro. So, John, introduce yourself to some BAM music, because me and you will be singing that tune next Sunday. <laughs> you mean when we watch the game together? 
Yes, listeners, me and John are going to be watching the game together with, <laughs> well, some, somebody that we can't name and somebody else that we can't name in Hamish. So that promise is to be a barrel of laughs. It will be, and we probably won't do a live gig pod. I mean, we'll just wait. Jim, we should just wait until the Monday to do the gig pod. I'm going to a birthday party, listeners, the night before. I don't think I'll be in any fit state to talk if we win. So, and if we get beat, then I'll just bust into tears. So, yeah, I think we should wait until the Monday. Yes, but you will be. Here's an exclusive for the fans. You will be doing a six, seven heel heel with Hamish after the game, though, right? Because Hamish told me that. Yes, myself and Hamish will be doing it after the game. Hopefully it's going to be a win, and hopefully the wonderful viewers on that channel will be able to see me smiling for once. That would be great, wouldn't it? It would. We will still be doing a preview next week with you and Spunkphone. The Radio Time show at this rate, what's, what are we going to do at 9 o'clock, John? <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's anything good in the tail tonight, so just need to wait and see. Oh, Peacemaker starring the legendary John Cena. That's what I'm going to do after we finish this podcast. I'm going to watch Peacemaker starring John Cena, so... There's a recommendation for you all. We look at the Premiership table now. We're in 76 points. Rangers are on 73 after a 2-1 win at Dens Park on Sunday. They managed to still win despite despite missing that penalty they got. How they got it, I don't know. But I don't want to spend too much time talking about that. Utterly baffling decision. I just burst out laughing when I saw it. Anyway, when I look at the table, Rangers are still unbeaten at Ibrox despite their four draws there. So, no matter what, John, no matter how well Celtic are playing now no matter how they're struggling to get by and just getting over the line such as the 1-0 win over Aberdeen that we saw recently and then 2-1 up at Dens Park it's still going to be a tough game John they are the champions for a start they've already beaten us this season and they're in the quarter-final of the Europa League a lot of people might sort of be laughing at this point going no danger easy we're the form team you know what football can be like John and it can throw up some horrible surprises and we have to go into that acknowledging that it is going to be a really difficult game no I think we will I mean we're no daft I hope I think Ange and the players will know that it's not going to be easy and like we still don't know if there's going to be any Celtic fans there so they might not even have the bang of like 700 supporters it's never easy at Ibrox I mean we've both been to Celtic and Rangers games at Ibrox and we've seen great Celtic teams go there and play poorly and lose. I mean, I saw a Celtic team that won the treble, lose 5-1 at Ibrox. I saw the team that got to Seville, the, the UEFA Cup final, lose at Ibrox as well. And you've seen us lose at Ibrox couple teams as well. I once saw us lose it on a, a memorable shot, which I won't talk about. And you were ejected for the stadium as well. Tell all the listeners the story of that game when you were in your stupid shot, the 4-2 match in 2011, September 2011. And I was at that game as well, but we weren't sitting together, obviously, but I was at the Brimland front, I think you were too. Well, you definitely were, you were right at the front. <laughs> but tell the listeners what happened to me in that game. Well, we were pals then, but we never, we didn't go to the game together, though we were pals. But, uh, no, yes, you were going ballistic because it was inevitable that Charlie McGrew was going to get sent off if Neil Lennon didn't substitute him. And Neil Lennon didn't substitute him, and he inevitably got sent off. And you ended up getting chucked out for that. It, no, somebody launched at me. Somebody flew at me because I was screaming and screaming and criticising our wonderful ex-leader Neil Lennon. That was a- screaming for fifteen minutes to take off McGrew. Some guy in front of me, instead of him taking it out and Lennon and the team verbally, he went to go for me physically, launched himself at me, missed, and then the two of us get into a scrap, and <laughs> he got to stay, and I get ejected. 
That was a, <laughs> a yes, uh, a memorable day. Almost as memorable as the shot I wore, which was just a sad, sad mistake. I think I burnt that shot after the game. In fact, the only other thing I remember is that, unlike me, I left and it was 3-2 because I knew we were only going to come back. Well, we went 2-1 at halftime, so that's the thing. People always forget in that game that Gary Hooper scored an absolutely brilliant goal. And I think Badiri Okaduri scored the second one when it went through Alan McGregor's legs. Is that that was a guy, yes. wasn't it? But uh, the second half was a catastrophe and well, rubbish. Although Glenn Lewis, I think, did hit the bar when it was two each. So, oh, no, we probably saw where they could be. But no, <laughs> that was a nice V-Day version there. But no, I think the players will know that it's going to be hard. We really should go there with confidence. I mean, as I said, we've got this 31 game on beaten run. We've scored the most goals in the league, conceded the least goals. We've got players coming back. I mean, I know we didn't mention it earlier on, but David Tumble coming back, I think, is very important. It's probably too early for him to start at Ibrooks, but I think he'll be a big player for us in the last few months of the season. So, it's obviously going to be difficult. And I mean, as you say, I think Rangers are still a good team. I don't really like saying, admitting that, but I mean, they are in the last eight. Of the Europa League, all right, they might be a bit lucky sometimes, but they've managed to make themselves, I can't believe I'm saying this, but a formidable team in Europe, and they're regularly getting to the last 16 uh, European tournaments now they're in the last day. I mean, we've not done that for years and years, 20 plus years, so we've got a way to go to catch them in Europe, but I think domestically we shouldn't go there with any fear. We should, we should go there with a team, picking a team that can go and win the game. I mean, we don't need to win the game. I think for some people, a draw would be acceptable. I'm not saying if I'm winning them because I haven't decided yet. But I mean, if we could go there and win, first one at Ibrox for like three years, go six points clear, that would be huge. I mean, when they win as a league and nobody would like get ahead of ourselves because we've been, that's came back to haunt us before. I mean, when we should have won the league in 2005 after we won at Ibrox. But no, we should, we go there with plenty of confidence and, I hope Ange picks a team that's going to go out and win the game. Take the game to Rangers. I don't want us to sit back. I think some people might want us to sit back and wait for them to get knackered, but or run out of IDs or something, but I don't think that'll happen. I think we should take the game along like we did at Celtic Park last month because they couldn't cope with that when we'd done it. And I think if we do that again, we could win. And that would be just a huge win, biggest Celtic win for a long time. And we could have a celebration in the pub. As you said earlier, myself and Spunkphone will be talking about the game in detail and in depth, and that's going to be out next week for episode 103. I'm not going to ask for a shoot prediction because a lot can happen between now and then. We've got players away in international duty, anything can solve Rangers as well. So when it comes to the shoot prediction, I'll get one for Spunkphone and from you near the time, and I guess we'll do a tweet or something about it and see who gets that one right. But anyway, for episode 102, this is it. I'm Stevie, and thanks a lot for tuning in, everyone. Again, I'll sign off to John to do his outro, and I'll see you next week for the Rangers preview. Thank you, Stevie, and thanks to all listeners, as usual, for the many downloads that you've given us this season. The numbers are doing great, so thanks everybody for that. And you know what to get is by now on all the usual podcast platforms, etc., and you can leave us reviews and all that. You can follow Stevie on Twitter at GigPod and follow him on Instagram as well at GigPod. And will you be doing a 60 second preview after the, the derby? I'll be doing a GigPod in 60 before the derby. I'll be doing a GigPod in 60 after the derby. And of course, as you mentioned, a 67 heel heel with Hamish right after the game live as well. 
Yes, and I won't be taking part in any of them because I'm a man of mystery. <laughs> but one last question. Yes, as Steve would say, you will be on 67 Hill Hill with Hamish after the game. Will you be doing a 67 Hill Hill preview with the guys as well? Do you know yet? Good question. I think it's going to be on the Friday before the game. It looks like it's going to be myself, Hamish and John. The true Jota, Gigi and Maeda of that channel now. <laughs> It's <laughs> no comment. But I so catch Steve on 67 Hail Hail, and there's always good videos on that with Hamish and John and all the guys. So you know where to get us by now, and you'll know where to follow us in all the social media places. And Stevie and Spunkman will be back next week with the Derby preview. And me and Stevie will be back after the Derby with a massive review show of hopefully a, a day of triumph for Celtic. We'll speak to you all soon, and Hail Hail. Podcast Network.